You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for the beginning coverage of at least one episode we're going to cover for The Amazing Race Season 31. Uh, the season came a little bit quicker than expected. I think it wasn't supposed to debut until June, and here we are in April, and we have The Amazing Race cross with Survivor, cross with Big Brother, everything that I know everybody out there listened to the preview episode last week on, except for me, because I forgot to listen to it before recording this. Uh, but we're going to cover the whole, uh, I guess, dynamic of how Survivor, Big Brother, and Amazing Race is crossing over, and everything we get to see in Tokyo, and everything we hope to see in Season 31. My name is Colin, and tell me what to do next! And joining me is Rossi and Jared. <laughs> I didn't have a line. You didn't tell me to have lines. <laughs> we do. We just do lines every single episode. Uh, Rossi, thank you for joining us. Um, all right, I got a line. All right. Um, I'm Rossi, and yeah, we called them Team Dumb, and they're t- Team. I don't know. Whatever. Mean things. <laughs> and welcome, Jared. Thank you. Um, everybody should just know that my sand is broken. And um, I'm interested to get your guys' take on this, because, again, I didn't listen to the preview episode, so I don't know if you were excited about the season. So if this is a little bit of rehash, you can just summarize. But I guess starting off, um, what was your anticipation going into this? Were you more excited of this being a crossover with Big Brother and Survivor? Um, and how did you find that it lived up to or lived up to your lack of expectations? Uh, Rossi, you want to go first? I mean, I was definitely hyped. I think we critiqued a lot about who would be brought back, how would they be brought back, like the little bit of the unfairness of having the racers against, you know, people who've never played and all that kind of stuff. But I was definitely excited. Like, it's something that, like, gets you talking. So I'm excited to talk about it, excited to watch it, like, um, and it's just been really exciting to have the amazing race back on TV. It's been so long since season 30. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have the amazing race on TV. Um, in terms of like going in, I was a little nervous just because of what we would get. I was afraid that the first five teams to check in would all be the racers and then like all the stragglers <laughs> behind. But I was pleasantly surprised at the episode. Like I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And teams that I were like kind of down on went up teams that i was kind of high on went down it was all over the place it's just it's just fun to watch i enjoyed it uh what about you jared yeah i agree obviously i was um really excited to see all those big brother teams that i'm a big fan of (laughs) um no i think it definitely lived up to the hype um yeah i just feel like it felt like it worked I, i think the initial kind of hamming up of like who thinks they're going to do better was annoying. I was glad kind of we got out of that quick mm-hmm. enough. Um, but like you knew that was going to happen. Um, and overall, I think uh, it's just, I expected it to be a really competitive season. And it's kind of within one episode, it's lived up to that, that it's just going to, people are going to go all out and are going to be willing to, to pull tricks and pull moves to, to get ahead. So I think it was. I don't know, probably a little over a year ago when we heard about this season. And, uh, you know, the things... Well, the Oz Network alone obviously keeps us pretty busy. And having to cover Survivor every single week for a season. And then there was RuPaul's Drag Race we were doing. And then the Amazing Race for 
season 30. I think we were, we're leading into Amazing Race Canada last year. And then also not knowing when this would debut, thinking it might have been the fall or whatever. Uh, I remember, I, I think, telling Rossi and Ben, you know, I'm like, yeah, we'll probably just do like, you know, kind of what we're doing more normally now, which is let's start off the season, you know, for the premiere recap. We'll do something mid-season. We'll do something end-of-season. And then uh, I saw what The Amazing Race Canada had uh, with their Heroes Edition. And then I saw what this season had with the crossover with Big Brother Survivor. And I'm like, oh, no, are we going to have to cover this every single week now? Am I going to have time for this? Because it's such an exciting idea. And it's funny that I don't feel like any fan is ever excited when they bring people in from other reality shows. Um, maybe people who are bigger Survivor fans, like when Ethan and Jenna were on, they're like, oh, I want to watch that. But it always seems to get a lot of criticism when they bring Big Brother teams on or Survivor teams. And they're just doing it as a whole season. I mean, there's nothing really to criticize. Now it's just you, you get kind of like an all-star edition. And I feel like the Amazing Race, if it's proved one thing, it's that experiencing the Amazing Race doesn't necessarily matter, as we've seen in some of the all-star seasons, uh, like Uchenna and Joyce, uh, Rob and Amber. But uh, also being on from Big Brother or Survivor doesn't mean a lot because those are usually one of the first teams to go. So this, it seems like it could be pretty even all around. Uh, I will say I'm a bit disappointed in the episode. I don't know if just my expectations were higher for this than they have been in a while. Because I didn't feel like we got a lot of out of the different characters. And I, I, well, we'll get to some of my criticisms as we go along. But, I mean, just alone, Colin and Christy being back, that's probably the most exciting thing ever. And that's what sold me more than having the survivors on here. It was Colin and Christy because I think they said 15 years. I don't know when season five originally aired, but I mean, season five is my all time favorite season. Uh, if I were to rank my all time favorite teams, I would say Chip and uh, Kim and Colin and Christy would both be in there. And I know that they were supposed to be on the original All Star season, but I think that was when they had their baby and they couldn't get on. So it's, it's just like on Survivor when they brought back like Kimmy, you know, bringing a team back who's been gone for so long. I mean, I I didn't end this episode loving the episode, and yet I still was like, wow, that was great. Colin and Christy are back. Um, am I the only one who who is really excited for Colin and Christy, or were you guys fans of season five? No, Ditto. They were, um, when I saw the teams, like, that was the one team that I was like, yes, mm-hmm. like, they've reached, they've reached back. Like, you just don't expect it at this point in time. I feel like they always go recent when they bring people back. Uh, and the fact that they reach back at all, but to reach back to such an iconic team was was such a, like a pleasant shock. Mm-hmm. We both kind of voiced that we like at the time were like not the biggest fans. I feel like we were like like definitely excited to have them back. A little critical of like what they like did um, in terms of like the way they went and seeing how they changed gave us a little bit of like ooh what who who are we gonna get this race. But I think we're both excited to have them back. I think that's what I re- really like. Like, I agree with Jared. I am I was kind of very quickly over the, you know, introductions. You know, being on Big Brother, although there were a couple of good moments in there. Like, uh, yeah, I think it was when um, one of the Big Brother, was it Rachel and Alyssa? One of them was like, well, you had a shelter. Like, you had a house. Like, some of that was pretty funny, but it, it's kind of meaningless. But... Um, seeing i guess the way the characters are being presented like you know becca and floyd saying oh yeah we're dating now no no just kidding uh 
but the, the caller of Christy thing, this is the appeal of bringing somebody back who's been gone for so long. I mean, we know Rupert. We're always going to get the same Rupert. We're never going to get anything different from Corinne and Eliza. And that's not criticizing. That's just saying it's very clear the type of characters they are. And the last thing I expected was to see a sequence introducing Colin and Christy meditating. Because <laughs> like, it's a polar opposite. It almost feels like this is, you know, the uh, revival series. You know, if, if you have... Uh, a sitcom that's been off the air forever and then they bring them back and you know this character that used to be really high strung is suddenly really mellow and it's just kind of like the joke to the audience and i can't wait to see how that plays out it's going to be amazing uh and then the other ones we had i mean obviously uh we get tyler and Corey addressing uh, particularly the laugh which i know became a big thing in our coverage of that season the the tyler laugh that that crazy (laughs) laugh that he has uh if that's close enough um Leo and Jamal, uh, they're the same characters they've always been. I mean, do do we feel like we're going to get anything different out of these people than we've had in the past seasons? Or, or other than Colin and Christy, were you surprised by how any of these characters are presented? Jared, do you want to start off again? Um, yeah, I feel like it's just going to be straight to uh, the same thing for most of the teams. Um, apart from Colin and Christy. But even then, I'm kind of hoping that it's, like at some point... Um, that breaks down and we get glimpses of, of the old Colin. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I do think that just everybody, even like Becker and Floyd, like it's exactly kind of um, the same teams, which is fine. But um, yeah, it would have been interesting to see maybe yeah a couple more people from not even as far back as season five, but just somewhere in between. Um, because I feel like the rest of the teams are all very uh, recent. And they, they sort of do these all-star type seasons every i don't know what it is like six to seven seasons six maybe six to eight seasons because what they do it they did it at seven uh they did it at 17 24 i think so yeah i guess they're kind of on level now with every seven seasons so obviously you it, i guess it would seem like you've exhausted a lot of your teams but it's nothing like survivor or big brother who bring the same people back every single year uh rossi mm-hmm. um are you seeing anything different from these characters? Do you want to see anything different from them? Are you also, are you familiar with any of the big brothers? I know Jared isn't. Nope. <laughs> Rossi's taking a vow of silence, apparently. <laughs> Let's get back to Jared for a second. Cause you said you uh, were really excited for these big brother people. Now, have you ever seen any of the U S big brother? No. Okay. So I have, I think the first seven seasons, I watched pretty much straight through. I mean, I'd miss here and there because who has time for 16 episodes a week? But uh, I was familiar with Janelle because she was on one of those early seasons. And after that, what happens with Big Brother is every single year, I progressively watch less and less, not to the point where I would get a couple episodes uh, and then skip a couple, get a couple, and then skip a couple. But I think it was maybe season... 13 or something like that I made it like three weeks into the show and then just stopped watching and then a year after that I made it like two and a half weeks and stopped watching and now it's to the point where I watch the premiere and then skip the rest of the season so I don't know who this newer team is Nicole and Victor uh but uh Brittany I did recognize from a season that I watched but I can't confirm if I finished because I was really excited when I saw that they had two people paired up who were on different seasons (laughs) and then 
when I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this girl, Brittany. She was really great. And then I Googled the season I thought she was on. And I'm like, no, that's not her. So I'm not sure if I'm familiar with her at all. Uh, at least one of the teens. And then Rachel and Alyssa, I, I don't really have any complaints about them in this. Obviously, we saw Rachel on Past Amazing Race. From what I did see of her on Big Brother, and she's probably one of those reasons why I couldn't watch after two or three weeks, maybe... To me, the most irritating person I have ever seen on reality television. I mean, she just drives me up the wall, and obviously I wasn't a fan uh, when she was on Amazing Race prior to this. You know, probably on the same level as um, Whitney and Keith (laughs) as one of my least favorite teams. Uh, But let's say at least Rachel coming back. Uh, I can't even remember. Were you a fan of Rachel? Nobody's really a fan of her husband. Was it Brendan or whatever? But were you a fan of Rachel at all? Um... I don't know. I don't think I was. I mean, I might have been. Who knows? Revisionist history here. Um, I would say I probably got, like, sick of her meltdowns um, is probably my general idea of how I I, um, perceive those seasons. Um, And I suppose I'm interested to see if that's the same traveling with her sister. Um, But I feel like it's definitely going to come out at, at some point in time. And Rossi, are you back yet? That's a no. Um, I did love the line. I think it was from Eliza or Corinne. It said, Rachel and Lissa look like they lost a bet, <laughs> which was great. Uh, the first thing I noticed, we'll jump into this, and Rossi can jump in whenever he has time for us. Uh, apparently, he's still finishing the episode or something. But um, <clears throat> when they first go towards that giant pile of sand to dig out the clue or whatever, and they're all running, you see people on Amazing Race, and they, they get you know really pumped up, and they go all out. Alyssa is like, trailing the back of the pack and they're probably about 15 feet from where they started running and she already looks like she's ready to collapse and drop i mean this may be the least in shape person we have seen on amazing race ever uh so i'm i'm kind of happy i didn't predict them to go very far uh the digging through the sand thing it was uh, it's hard to tell with these early ones because you know it's only meant to be the first five minutes of the episode whether it was challenging or not i don't think it really presented itself that well visually for an audience so they get to go to tokyo and uh tokyo is obviously a very chaotic city and it's not the first time we've ever seen it uh, as we were reminded (laughs) by leo and jamal uh but um the first thing that i really made a note of that i like because i'm always a fan of when something really looks challenging for the teams when you could get people kind of breaking down and losing it and when they're just trying to found the first rope marker and it's they have what is it they had two places they could go to one was a security store the other i can't remember what it was and there's a limited number of clues at each one so if you went to one and they ran out you have to go to the other one just finding one of these proved impossible which i really love when the, the teams are especially are having trouble navigating around everything uh they eventually find the clues and they get to the first roadblock so we really just have two challenges in this episode which is the other thing that's surprising because it feels to me like premieres of the amazing race will always throw like a bunch of challenges in there just to to get like four or five different things out of the way and none of them really last very long but there's usually something you know daring in there and uh skydiving or jumping off a bridge or whatever it is uh and this we get eating shoes which was kind of odd um this shoe store where there's identical shoes over the entire store and you have to take a bite out of it and determine if it's actually a cookie that is shaped like a shoe because you can't tell by looking at them. 
Um, if if I'm down on this episode, this is why. This has got to be one of the worst challenges ever for TV because there is no entertainment to it. The people aren't going around looking at the shoes. They're just sitting still, pointing to something on the other side of the room. And I don't know how the shoe attendants or whatever they are, that you want to call them are able to determine. I want that one uh, in the back third from the left on the 14th row like it's it just seemed impossible and then they bring them a shoe and they're not allowed to touch it they hold the shoe out and then we watch a person try to bite a shoe and then determine whether they're biting into a shoe or a cookie to me this was a disaster uh what'd you think jared um i mean i loved this challenge just because it was so ridiculous i mean these are the type of the challenges that i that I like, and I think it was actually, I mean, apart from the finding um, the two stores to get a clue, I thought this was one of the stronger challenges <laughs> of the episode. We're polar opposites um, on this one, then. I think the sand, like, the sand digging, um, it was, I think, how you said, kind of all over the place. Like, it didn't seem there was any, like, rhyme or reason to, like, where the clues were going to be. Um, also, kind of pointless i thought because just they all get on the same flight anyway um so it would have been nice if we'd had some sort of like there were two separate flights and the first half would be on one mm-hmm. second half would be on the other um because i'm like this is just a pointless challenge that you've thrown in um for the sake of seeing people dig in the sand and really they just had no um standing on on the end results anyway um but then, yeah, I think the navigation bit was the best part of the episode. And I do love when they do these limited um, clues at each station or, like, limited amount on each side of the detour. Um, I think when you have people doing different things, it just makes the race so much more exciting because you don't really know um, exactly where the teams are standing and who's going to kind of come out on top. I think when everybody's doing the same thing, then you've just got such a clear idea of, okay, these people are ahead, these people are behind. Um, and then you get more chances for the order to change there. Um, but yeah, just the shoes. I think the part that I loved about it most was them trying to tell the attendants like what shoe, mm-hmm. and like getting so frustrated and be like, no, uh, fifth column, fourth <laughs> from the bottom, like acting like these people can speak perfect English and, and understand them completely, and and just them getting no, the one you were at before. I just love the frustration and the stupidness just of the challenge in general that they're biting down on these wooden shoes. Um, was amazing, and the fact that like somebody, I don't know who it was, did like fifty different shoes before they finally got it. Yeah, um, Victor. So, so yeah, I think it was good. The only criticism I would have is that there was, I felt like there was a lot of these um, search for challenges in the episode. It's almost like we had three in a row. It's like search the sand, search for these two locations, mm-hmm. and then search for the shoes. Like it felt they all felt very um, similar, and they didn't take a lot of. It was more so luck throughout this episode, which was um, probably not the best way to start out the premiere. And I'm not wrong, am I? I mean, it is kind of the Amazing Race staple, no matter whether it's, you know, American, Canadian, Australian, that the premiere episode is where they feature, like, the big spectacular challenges. And we've gone from skydiving and jumping off of bridges and buildings and stuff like that to, you know, bite into this shoe. Like, I'm sure they could... Even with the sand, I mean give them something a little bit more visually stimulating for the audience than dig your hands into sand. Uh, I I think Mm -hmm. it was Art and JJ too, because they were kind of behind from the beginning, who when they were digging the sand, they were stressing out like, oh, we can't can't 
you know, we're, we're last. We can't be the last ones here. It is the first challenge, and you're digging into sand. I'm pretty sure that this isn't the end of the race, although it was for them, so maybe. Uh, Rossi, if you're back, say anything very quickly. Otherwise, we move on. I think... Oh, he's being... here! Wow, that caught me off guard. Continue. <laughs> I think you're being very self-critical of the first episode. They freaking climbed Mount Fuji on the first episode <laughs> of this episode of the show like how can you be so critical oh wow <laughs> you made me choke on that <laughs> yes but, but the shoes the shoes come on i mean okay it was a little messy that they had to like tell these women like hey you this down no left no, right like i think they should have just numbered it yeah or had the people go up i mean i guess they didn't want them touching it but like they should have had the number or like a letter or something so that these women aren't like pointing and they're like no here no no yeah. like it's uh, some of that was messy but i i thought it was funny that these like dumb americans coming to tokyo and they're biting shoes like <laughs> was pretty great of it all also it, it was victor who went through like 50 shoes here which i don't know how it's possible i mean there's basically every single shoe in the store uh my question is do people once this race is over have to now wear those shoes like are there a, a half dozen or, or uh, even more than that, you know, 30, 40 people walking around Tokyo now with, like, Victor's spit all over the bottom of their feet? Like, these these had to have been real shoes. I mean, I doubt it's, there's just a shoe store in Tokyo that's like, you know, have a cookie and a shoe, but we won't tell you which one. But still, it's kind of gross. Um, I just put them on the sale rack previously used. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Discounted. <laughs> American spit soaked. uh there was a funny part as they were getting in here. I think uh, this is when Rupert and Laura had realized they were behind, behind here. And Laura said something to Rupert, like, Rupert, we cannot be last. And I'm like, well, I think it was the first one out. That's what she said. We can't be the first ones out. Really? I mean, that's kind of your only experience in Survivor so far, Laura. Um, but uh, after this, it did improve slightly for me. Um, I, I do find it kind of funny that the second roadblock we get uh the clue says who is going to do this and it says by the way it has to be the person who didn't do the first one like maybe just rephrase the clue or something uh but here's the (laughs) epic mount fuji rossi talked about (laughs) i still feel like this for me could have been a little bit more exciting uh i'm not just saying like give us skydiving uh, it's kind of a fun twist, you know, you have to climb this Mount Fuji, and it looked like it would have been challenging, but maybe because we had so many teams doing this, maybe it was the way they were spaced apart, like, I wanted to see more people falling, and maybe throw more water on this, make it more slippery, it, it didn't even seem like we really saw a wipeout in here, but we did get the amazing moment from Brett, which may be one of the most dumbbell things we've ever seen somebody do on survivor as he gets all the way to the top is standing on top of not just one but he's got every single clue right up in there was like tell me what to do next and he's like oh does he realize i can't say anything okay i'm coming down again (laughs) uh that's now gonna be brett's legacy on reality tv uh and also i guess it really just came down to the two teams here who couldn't make it up we did get colin you know, with his old man strength, I loved Christy uh, <laughs> fawning all over Colin as the old man stud muffin, as she called him. All this in a unitard. Uh, they really have changed. But uh, yeah, the the final two teams, I guess, of Art and JJ and then uh, Rupert and Laura, 
there's a lot of times they play tricky editing with uh, the show, especially to create more suspense. And this is my other complaint with this second challenge is that you had Art and JJ, who we already knew took the penalty. Rupert and Laura show up, and they're basically saying, like, you know, this is going to be really hard, and, oh, I don't know if I could do this. And then he gets up, and he's down. And it just felt like you could have edited that in a different way, created a bit more suspense. I don't know. Uh, I also don't like somebody going out first taking a penalty. I think we've seen that one too many times. Seems like penalties always come in the early episodes, and I'd much rather it be, you know, later on when people know what they're doing because it just seems dumb especially a penalty for leg cramp here. Uh, we'll kind of run through all the teams and you know what happened to Art and JJ, but just overall the Mount Fuji challenge, what were you thinking, Jared? Um, I think a problem I had with this episode is they kind of marketed these two challenges like, oh, it's the typical, typical Japanese game show challenge. Um, like it's a ridiculous thing that you have to do. And I feel like we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, Eat the Wasabi was so much more interesting and, and fun to watch with kind of that live studio audience. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they've rehashed an idea that they've done before and done it a hundred times worse th- and, and less interesting than it was last time. Um, and this just felt too easy. Like it, like it really felt like nobody overtook anybody else. Hardly anybody yeah. was at the challenge at the same time. Um, like you maybe saw three people, three teams struggle um, and the rest of the team seemed to just get it kind of on their first go. It seemed as soon as they worked out that there was footholds that it just wasn't difficult. And I don't know if maybe like it was less slippery as it went on or, or what was happening. And even like the clues, it felt like they were replacing them as as they were going on. So they were just all, I felt like there was clues just along the top the whole time. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't like any like, now you have to get this one specific clue that's in the far corner or it's in the middle or it's in yeah. a more difficult spot to get to that people haven't gone to before. Um and the fact, too, that they could go to the top and sit up there and then ease their way across <laughs> to the clues, I just I just had problems with this. Um, more interesting than this was just Rupert and Laura getting um, lost, which was amazing that they spent two hours in this park um, just traveling. And then the fact that they have no idea what's going on and, like, in some ways, very loosely, Laura is, like, the voice of reason with... Like, well, they're not going to hide. Like, the clue box is going to be obvious. And when they first arrive, she's like, oh, I think it's like, look at those lights across the road. And Ruby's like, no, that's not in the park. Like, what are you talking about? Like, shut up and follow me. Um, so I think that was more interesting than the actual challenge itself. I mean, I did appreciate the stupid costumes and seeing everybody in these ridiculous unitards with wigs for like no apparent reason. Um, yeah, I just felt like I agree. There was just no suspense in the way that this was edited or shown. Um, and I think a four-hour penalty just felt like I don't. That's probably standard, but it just felt so like ridiculous for what this task was. Mm-hmm. I feel like the penalties almost need to be like this is like longer than any team would take to do it, so it has to be harsh. But then also not like it's not going to take anybody like a normal person who doesn't have a leg cramp and it's pathetic <laughs> four hours to like climb up that thing. Like how many attempts could you do in like four hours? Like mm-hmm. that just felt like way too long of a penalty. Um, should have been like an hour, two hours. I don't know, but four hours was just over the top. So that was upsetting. Cause just to me, I was like, well, there's no way like Rupert and Laura have been wandering this park for two hours because they throughout the whole episode refused to ask anybody for directions, which is such a Rupert thing, <laughs> um, which I love. Um, but there was just no way that, like, anybody else was going to come last at this point. Um, and, like, there wasn't even the suspense of, like, Rupert and Laura are terrible at navigating. They're not going to find the pit stop in time. 
um, because it was just such a such a massive penalty uh, for Art and JJ. And like Art and JJ, they they pretty much yeah they're like okay Rupert Laura is still there and they tried to play it up like you know he's gonna really struggle with this, but they had to have known they were gone if they didn't finish this and taking a four hour penalty. I mean, it's a leg cramp. They didn't say it was a leg injury. He didn't tear his ACL or anything like that. I mean, why not just say, you know what, we're going to take a four-hour penalty anyways. Let's just sit here for an hour. And if an hour from now your leg cramp's gone, try it again. And if it's still there, let's sit for another hour. Because we know we're out one way or the other. Like, the second they took that four-hour penalty, they must have known they were gone. Uh, And also, I'll agree with what you're saying about, uh, you know, I like the costumes and everything. But why was this challenge at night? Because... I don't feel like you could really see much of what was going on. And it is funny when you compare it to, like, the the other challenge where you have the audience there and everything. This was, like, you know, from a famous Japanese game show that has now been discarded in this back alley. And there's, like, nobody there and just in the middle of, like, a parking lot or something like that. Do something to jazz it up. I, I really wonder if budget cuts have hit the show at this point. Uh, Rossi, what did you think about Mount Fuji? I mean, it's pretty epic that they climbed a huge landmark in Japan. Like, that's pretty amazing. Um, especially in the heart of Tokyo, which mm-hmm. is nowhere near where Mount Fuji is. Um, yeah, I could see the complaints about it being... I was, like, a little disappointed that it was so easy. Like, they went through so much effort to show Leo teaching... A, or Leo or Jamal, I don't know which one did it, but teaching us the technique. You've got to suction yeah. cup your hands... And then everyone's like, oh, these handy footholds are right here. Let me use that. And it was just everyone did that. Like, you don't even need prompts. Like, Rupert was the only one there, and he figured that out. Like, And that's Rupert. Was, Come on. Yeah, I, it was it was a little lackluster. I thought it was funny, like, haha, Americans doing dumb things in a foreign country. But yeah, in the middle of a park at, like, midnight. <laughs> I mean, I will have to commend the race for not doing a Oh, you got here at night, and this place is closed. Yeah, we'll wait till the morning, which is a traditional thing that they do. So I'm glad they actually didn't go that far, and they actually had a leg at night. Uh, yeah, it was just a little upsetting. I wish more people were there because I've seen the video of this game show, like or at least this challenge that they do on the show, mm-hmm. where they have to climb up these slippery stairs. But that's when like six or seven people are doing it at once, and if someone at the top falls, it takes down the bottom row. And, like, this was not that because no one was there twice. Like, it was just upsetting on that end. And in terms of the four-hour penalty, it was a little not upsetting. But it was like, yeah, like, they should have just waited. Like, if they thought they were going to be last, might as well just take your time instead of just cop out. Yeah. And even if it was, like, a non-elimination leg, they're going to be, like, three hours behind because they took this penalty. Like... If they even thought that they were the like, if they thought they were the last team, they're going to be four hours behind. Like, and if Rupert and Laura got it, like they're going to be at most three hours behind. It was just a bad call, especially for someone who's been on the race. It was upsetting to see, and this is coming from someone who doesn't like Art and JJ. Like, it was upsetting to see a race team make this stupid decision. Maybe it's been too long since their season, but I was shocked that Art and JJ made it as far as they did. When they were saying, like, you know, when we made it to the end, I'm like, these guys made it to the end. Like, for some reason, I remembered them as a team that kind of sucked. Um, and, but maybe I don't remember much about what was that, season 23 they were on? I sure. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, whatever season they were on, like, I don't. Is my memory Funny. off or. 
I feel like they struggled in like the first leg of their season and then they were like really good from there on out. But I just remember just not liking them and that's the only thing that sticks in my mind. I wouldn't even say I dislike them. It's just that I'm just kind of indifferent on them. You know, I don't know why of all teams they were brought back. And of a team that has as much experience as they do, you expect somebody to do something dumb like take the four-hour penalty this at this point instead of just waiting it out from maybe one of the big brother teams, somebody who doesn't have brains, but uh, but from a team who actually not only was on the race but made it as far as they did, it's just it was really surprising. Yeah, see, this is why we should have got Claire and What's-Her-Face instead. Brooke and Claire, yeah. Yes, because they needed an all-female race team, and they didn't have one, and instead they put in Art and JJ because according to to Phil, they were fan favorites. Um, <laughs> so I don't know what season Phil watched, but definitely wasn't the season with those two on it. Um, yeah, bad choice of team, and it showed. Let's run through everybody here as we get to the pit stop. I love the sumo guy at the pit stop. I hope that we have memorable characters like this throughout uh, the rest of the season. Uh, um, Leo and Jamal, the first place team, they had a good week. Uh, they definitely redeemed themselves from Tokyo. And we we didn't get as much personality. Them. They weren't playing characters as much as they have in the past. Uh, but the Afghanimals, you know, uh, they're, they're still referring themselves to the Afghanimals and everything. Uh I, I would love Leo and Jamal on their original seasons, or they I guess their second season. This is now their third time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I've always been a fan of theirs. Um, this I didn't expect them to come out this dominant. Uh, I don't have my predictions in front of me, but I'm pretty sure got you got them. Okay. Uh, where did I rank Leo and Jamal? You put them in eighth. Yeah, so there you go. I didn't have these expectations, but, I mean, it was really impressive leg for them. Uh, overall, I mean... I, I feel like they had they were probably the only team that came out like super strong start to finish here uh Jared what did you think about Leo and Jamal this week um I thought that was pretty stock standard I think um just seeing a team for a third time it's happened with other teams as well I'm just there's a little bit of fatigue of seeing them so many times and I don't think they're going to bring anything really different um than they did the other times I did love the moment though when they're out the front of that uh locksmith place and then they started arguing because other teams were following them. So these teams are like, they have no idea where they're going and then went off. I thought that was really clever. Um, but apart from that, I think they're just they're just going to be a strong team. They'll have these moments. They'll put other people offside at some point. I mean, they're strong races. They've proved that both times. Um, and, I mean, just overall, they're just an, just an okay team that I think is going to do really well. Rossi? I was actually pretty impressed with them. I don't it's so hard it's been so long since i've seen some of these teams <clears throat> that it's hard to be like oh they were so great and the like they were the you know navigation kings or whatever like it's hard to remember but i was really impressed like i thought the strategy of yelling at each other to like get people to go away was good and they were just on top of everything like they were always able to navigate they were always able to ask people directions <laughs> rupert um, <laughs> and they were just kind of there like they definitely have the advantage of like being on the race before like being in tokyo before like like they've had a little bit of advantage i'm wondering if that will last but i honestly it was a good first episode for them and colin christie i'm still standing by it i mean it's not just because it's been so long since i've been on there and because i'm such a huge fan of theirs but because it's like we already have this built-in story arc about them being the polar opposite type of people that they were the first time around and yet still delivering just as much as they did 
Uh, I love that they're playing up on their age, you know, with uh, uh, Christy talking about his old man strength. And then uh, as they were ch- checking in, Phil uh, saying, like, it must be all the chasing around the kids that's giving you this uh, speed and strength now. Uh, I'm just so happy that they perform because I-, I would have been crushed if they were the first team out. Uh, I really want them to win. I know that I predict I didn't predict them to win, uh, but I might revise my predictions. Officially, we can't do that, but I would be revising my prediction after seeing how well they performed in this leg. Yeah, I love these two as well. Um, I think the fact that they have started so dominant as well um, is a really good sign. I was a bit concerned, kind of, it's been a while. I'm sure, like, the race is a bit different to before with all the booking flights and and stuff that's changed. Um, in some ways, it's probably made it easier for them, but that was stuff that they really... Um, tended to excel at uh, and I love the fact that now Christy has equaled the amount of roadblocks that she did in her previous season <laughs> after one episode um, so well, yeah. I'm excited to see them moving forward and, and her have uh, a bit more of an active role this time around I guess that's the other thing is that they the, the race has changed so much since they were on it particularly with the roadblocks because it was that season that uh, was the last one or it was that season was the reason why they brought in the rule about having to do the equal number of roadblocks is that started with season six after not just Colin, but particularly chip doing every single roadblock on that season and then winning. I mean, those are the top teams. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how she performs. Cause I-, I think we know what we had with Colin before. I don't think we really ever got as much out of Christie. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's bring on more. Let's see how she can perform. Um, Rossi, Colin and Christie. A good episode for them. I was, like you, a little bit nervous. I was like, oh, it's been so long. Are they going to be eliminated first? Mm-hmm. Am I going to hate this season? Uh, but it was a good start. I was impressed with them. I actually really enjoyed them. I know that we barely got to see them, but they were pretty fun. Like, I loved their little kind of banter with Phil. Like, he's like, you're still fit. I was like, oh, he's like, keeping up with kids is hard and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I just, it's good to see them. And I really hope we get to see them for the rest of the race. Um, I, they were just fun. I think good, good, like hopefully better to come. I'm going to uh, go back to something Jared said about, uh, well, at least in the Mount Fuji challenge about not really being able to follow. Is anybody overtaking anybody or is this just the way the whole race was? Like there was no drama, but Tyler and Corey, like I know they were in this episode. I remember things that they did. I don't know if it's that they have kind of mellowed his characters or weren't shown as much this week. Or if there just was no suspense, they were just sort of always there. But I, I, have, I don't even really remember anything monumental. And I also do feel like maybe as characters, they were just a little bit more business this time and not as much fun. Maybe that's just because we didn't really hear the crazy laugh or anything. But I'm still happy they're back. Uh, uh, if, if there's any team, and this is going to sound terrible because I'm a huge fan of Tyler and Corey, but... If there's any of the amazing race teams other than Art and JJ that I would have been okay with losing off the season, it probably would have been them just because it has been so recent for them. And uh, I, I don't know if it's going to help their legacy because really unless they just go on to win this, it's it's like a step down. And that's, that's always sort of the problem with all-star seasons. But I mean, still, their third place, I was just kind of surprised they're third place because I almost forgot they were on this leg. Colin, you're so wrong. Like, what did uh, they dominate this episode, and I missed it? No, about be- having them on the race. They're such a team to bring back. But They're are they? The I mean, I, I, and again, I'm not. I love them as a team. I love them as characters. But like, where do you go from here? It's kind of like 
Justin and Diana. I mean, I'd love to see Justin and Diana come back now as you know the the parents and domesticated Justin and Diana. But when you were that dominant on the race and didn't win, and you were the main characters of your season, I mean, is there really? Is that's kind of, it's kind of the Rupert effect after Pearl Islands. Of course, there's a reason Rupert was never as good again. Is because there's nowhere to go but down. But th- this didn't stop them from bringing back the Globetrotters seven times or the Cowboys eight times or whatever. You know, I think they're one of the teams that like can actually improve. I think that they can do well. I think they know what their strengths are, and especially when you're competing against six teams who have never done this before, and those six teams are still here. I feel like it's kind of in their like palms to be a, a lock for the top three again what about you jared yeah i agree that they didn't show them too much this episode and they didn't bring much but i just think that's going to be the case for almost everybody um given the fact that all these people are established characters that people want to see and, and want them to be um exciting and interesting um I think of like the Amazing Race teams. These Tyler and Corey were kind of um, more up there on my list of like it was a good reason to bring them back. I think of all the like all male teams um, from Amazing Race, they to me were like the um, right choice, um, if that makes sense. Um, so no, I'm fine with having them back. I think they will deliver. It's just um, giving everybody kind of a bit of a moment to shine in the premiere, and then uh, as we start to see kind of characters and stories develop I'm sure they'll kind of come more to the forefront and Rachel and Alyssa I was really surprised that they finished fourth considering Alyssa's lack of fitness that we've seen so far um Ross you weren't here for the earlier I, I or you maybe you were and just were you know be giving us a silent treatment but from I what I have using the Tyler Corey edit to stay quiet <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh but uh, Rachel to me maybe the most irritating person I've ever seen on reality TV. And I know she has a ton of fans out there, but I don't get it at all. Uh, I am going to say I feel like both her and Alyssa go on to Big Brother and play characters because they definitely don't seem like that on The Amazing Race. Uh, And from what I do remember of Alyssa before I stopped watching her season, mostly because of her, there was some controversy because... She, when the cameras were on, like, during the day and everything, she'd be one person, and then when the cameras were off at night, she'd be completely different. She would taunt the other contestants and say, the producers have guaranteed me I'm going to stick around here and all this. Uh, and I, I think that season she was on, uh, we had that that overnight feed that was actually broadcast on TV here, so I saw, you know, the complete change in the way she presented herself on TV not a fan of them at all couldn't really care less but i i'm surprised they did as well as they did this week and i wasn't annoyed by them the way i thought i would so i'm kind of hopeful that maybe them later in life now and maybe just not being on big brother that we're gonna get authentic people and not people playing characters jared uh how'd you feel about rachel and Alyssa? yeah i feel that we're just there uh, i agree with kind of what you've said i was just hoping that we might see some of the drama and flashbacks of them because Rachel fought with Art and JJ and then she also had issues with Leo and Jamal as well um, but it just kind of looks like that's water under the bridge and it looks like it's not going to come into it um, at this point, well at least not with Art and JJ um, so yeah, I'm just kind of 
blah on them as a team. I don't really like the fact that we have a team that are meant to be representing Big Brother, but they've had somebody race before. Yeah. Um, I just don't like the way that that looks, and I don't think it really uh, works into like the narrative of it's these three shows competing against each other. I'm like, well, like, no, it's not like really because this person has been on like a different one before, and now she's representing Big Brother. I just, yeah, I feel like. Um, I just don't like that she's competed on the race before. Rossi? Uh, yeah, they weren't too... Like, I barely noticed them this episode. But, like, that's kind of weird to say, because normally, you, like, she's a person you can't not notice. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that... I don't know, I didn't mind them. I thought it was funny that, like, Alyssa was just making fun of her sister the entire time. Like, when she was like, Amazing Race is supposed to be fun, and, and just, like, poking fun at her sister. I thought that was fun. Like, I actually liked Alyssa so far in this. I I don't know. I, I'm impressed. I'm surprised that they did as well as they did. Uh, granted, there were, like, three challenges. But, I don't know. I I'll, More episodes to determine how I feel, because right now I don't really feel anything. And Becca and Floyd, another one that I'll, I'll go along with um, the, the opinion that we just had so many teams and everybody was kind of given a moment, so... We didn't really get any standouts. Surprised that we didn't see more of them. They are the reason why I feel like the whole strangers playing Amazing Race together could be brought back in the future. Because maybe it was a complete fluke. But like, if ever there's an example of you can put two strangers together and they'll instantly have the same connection you get with the people who have known each other for you know 20 years it's becca and floyd i mean they were so much fun i mean they are team fun obviously uh and and now we have them as a team that would be on the amazing race this is what's crazy is you think about the first time they were on together they never met each other and now this time if this were just a traditional season of amazing race they would qualify as a team because they've known each other for years now and they're still obviously really tight the perfect team to bring back um and everything i said about tyler and Corey about being worried that you know there's only uh the only way they can go is down from here the exact opposite i feel like beck and floyd which is one of the reasons i picked them as my winner pick uh and i didn't see enough of them in this episode to really know if there's a reason why they just sort of ended up in the middle but i'm i'm still very hopeful that they're going to be the winners jared what about you yeah, after not having uh, watched season twenty nine and speaking about them in the premiere, uh, in the preview episode, and now uh, being ten episodes into season twenty nine, um, like after one episode, I was like, okay, it makes sense that they brought these people back. They're so much fun on camera. Um, they pop so much. They have so much personality. Um, There's just such a like a nice team to watch. It's just great to see these people having fun, kind of wherever they go and what they do, and just having that positive attitude. Um, so yeah, I'm there for that. That makes sense. They'll brought back, um, no brainer. And um, yeah, I just think um, similar to Tyler and Corey, we didn't see much, but I think uh, we'll see a lot more as the race goes on. Rossi, the fun meter is at fantastic right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're the team to bring back for the you know the never have met before season. Uh, although justice for Bank and Ashton. Um, oh. <laughs> That would be really fascinating to see a second time around uh, for different reasons. But yeah, (laughs) they could only go up too. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, they're just so fun. I think that it's hard to, they get lost in just the fact that there are so many teams. You have freaking Rupert Mm -hmm. and Rachel and all these people who 
or camera hogs. It's hard to get everyone. So like, I get it. Um, they were fun. They were like, they're just like, you just can't help but smile when watching them. They're so fun. I love them. I'm so happy they're back. And I just want to see them win legs. That's all. That's all I want. You want them to win. Now I didn't hear your guys preview. Were either of you picking Beckham Floyd to win or am I the only one? Well, you I are didn't. the only one. <laughs> I was the only one. We have one. four different winner picks, I will we, say. We have four winner picks? What? Because I got Kristen to send her predictions. Oh, okay. Kristen, who can send predictions but can't be bothered to be on an episode. <laughs> she doesn't even play games. So. Oh, she played a game. Hey, we won. <laughs> <laughs> who is Kristen's winner pick? Uh, Rachel and Alyssa. Oh, come on! <laughs> She did tell me, disclaimer, that it wasn't really based on, like, who she thinks can win. It's just based on what she wants. Oh, okay. Then she has the opposite opinion that I do. Um, Nicole and Victor, uh, let me just start by saying they're the only team that I have no knowledge of either of them. Um, But, man, are they boring. I I do not see personality out of either of them. I kind of like their introduction video, just, uh, again, not knowing anything about them. The fact that, yes, they're engaged now, but they weren't at the time they played the game. In fact, they were kind of at odds with each other. That's an interesting story, but they are not interesting in any way. Uh, I think the only thing I'm going to remember about these two is Victor biting every single shoe in that place multiple times before he could get uh, a cookie. And there was one time, and this may have just been a trick that they played with the sound, but one time when he bit into one that might have actually been a shoe i swear they added like the cookie crunch sound effect and then he just took his mouth off of it so i do wonder if that was a real cookie that he somehow screwed up which is why he went through you know 50 different shoes uh but yeah i did not find any type of enjoyment out of them um and i can't really give any other opinion because they, they just they seem like this is the team that nobody really is interested in that could just be you know us having never watched big brother or whatever but uh i don't know am i alone here jared no i agree i think they were the most the like the least interesting team um in the entirety of the first episode um we probably saw more of them than other teams and still somehow they managed to be more bland um yeah i just feel like they're just not gonna deliver it all and i feel like they'll be around for a while too um, is a team that, that does okay, but every time they're on screen, like, can we just get to uh, back to Rupert and Laura, please? Because <laughs> these people aren't showing anything. And that's from somebody who hasn't seen the other Big Brother players as well. So it's not just, hey, you're not familiar with them because they're not the only team you weren't familiar mm. with, right? No, yeah, exactly. I just thought of all the teams, um, Big Brother included, that was just, I was just not interested in them at all like I, I agree with you that it was interesting to see kind of their little backstory segment um and i thought that kind of opened up some possibilities of, oh is this team gonna get along or are they gonna fight this that whatever else but then every time they're on screen i was just like yep okay can we move on to to other people um even if they they were other big brother teams but who were just just more interesting to watch rossi yeah kind of disappointing like we want i want more personality especially if you have three teams from big brother to cast on this show and I feel like he cast interesting story. Like, I think that's kind of why they're on the show. But, like, they were really boring. And they're not even, like, the Adam and Courtney, like, lovey-dovey fun. Like, there's nothing to them. It's just they're boring. 
Uh, and yeah, they're probably going to be here for till what top four or something like that, knowing our luck. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I I wanted more, and but I doubt we're going to get more. Uh, Chris and Brett, along with everybody else from Survivor, did not do themselves any favors, and they were the best performers. And yet, Brett had probably the most embarrassing moment to this episode. <laughs> Uh, getting all the way to the top, and then where? What am I supposed to do? Uh, I, I, I wasn't really a fan of their season. Uh, I did like Brett more than Chris. I think that they're an interesting combination, and I, I feel like we probably didn't get as, particularly with Brett. I feel like we didn't get the best out of him on Survivor, and I'm seeing a lot more potential for them as a team than I thought I would. Uh, but like seriously. This is the best performing team from Survivor in the premiere episode. Like, I, I'm not too optimistic right now for the Survivor's chances. Uh, Jared, are you a fan of either Chris or Brett? Uh, after watching them, definitely. I think going in, uh, I spoke about it in the preview app, it kind of felt like a weird choice of team to bring back. Um, just because, like, you've got three slots for Survivor teams, you kind of assume they're going to bring back these really um, iconic teams that, that everybody. Um, knows or has some idea who they are. It just felt like casting might have been done like very soon after Millennials vs. Gen X aired for these two to, to be chosen at all. Um, but after watching the episode, I'm completely sold. I think they're going to be great um, throughout. I don't think this is the last kind of bumbling moment of stupidity that we'll see from them. Um, and I just like the way um, that they take these subtle digs at each other when they're doing the roadblocks and, and not watching an out-of-ear shot. Um so I'm, I'm looking forward to more of that and more great uh, facial expressions and, and looks to the camera from Brett. Rossi, what do you think of Chris and Brett? I am absolutely floored that they did the best out of the Survivor teams. <laughs> like, I, you weren't there for our preview, but I said that this would be the first eliminated team because, like, I thought Brett is the, like, least in-shape person on the race. Like, it's going to be a hot mess. And I was surprised that they did as well like they didn't do amazing they kind of <laughs> floundered through it but they like ended up doing well comparison i'm so for them they're fun to watch like like we're gonna get more from them than rachel and Alyssa. we're gonna get more from them than nicole and victor we're gonna get more from them than janelle and Brittany. like they're Martin just fun JJ. to watch well <laughs> so they're cramping right now let them ease yeah <laughs> um, still cramping yeah, I think we're going to get more personality in the future. I think this first episode is a little hard, as we've noted with every other team. Uh, you weren't there on our predictions. Thanks for reminding say- me again, Rossi. <laughs> but we did say that the dream challenge for them would be some sort of drinking challenge, so we could, which would definitely highlight personality. Uh, we're hoping for that Canada drinking challenge that they had in like season five, where they had to try the drinks, mm-hmm. so we can get more personality out of them. Uh, so ready. I'm hoping they don't get eliminated soon because it's a real possibility, but I'll, and, I'm here for them. And Janelle and Brittany in eighth. Uh, so these are like the bottom four teams here. Um, uh, Rossi, I don't know if you were here at the time, but I was saying uh, Janelle was on the seasons where I actually did watch Big Brother. So I'm very familiar with her and was a huge fan of hers. Brittany, I thought I was a huge fan of. I do remember her from something, but she's not who I thought she was because when I Googled the season that I thought she was on, I realized, nope, that's not Brittany I'm thinking of. Uh, I don't really get them. I mean, 
I'm sure they're friends and everything outside of this, but there just seemed to be no real chemistry between them. And maybe it is, again, just not seeing enough of them. But this just feels like these are two big brothers. Let's throw them together. Like, I don't get them as a team. And neither was particularly interesting or uh, dominant in any way here. I... I, I, they may very well have checked in at the pit stop, and I just didn't notice. Like that's how insignificant they were on this episode for me. Uh, Jared, did they do anything noteworthy that you noticed? Um, not that I can remember. Um, I think we saw like bits and pieces of personality from them. I think there's potential there, um, but in general, I don't know if it's just not having watched Big Brother. Or I just feel like all three of those teams, I don't really understand why they've been brought back. Maybe they're the like fans love them and they're big in the franchise so i just wouldn't know that um but just seeing them purely for the first time and from like a personality um point of view i felt like we didn't really see much from any of those teams um but i felt like they were glimpses so this is not a team that i'm writing off they definitely were more interesting than um nicole and victor rossi um yeah they're probably the big brother team that i'm most excited for like i know both of them and i'm like they're both really interesting so I'm kind of upset that we didn't get a lot from them they really blundered on how to navigate so that doesn't give me hope but I think they'll do well they seem like strong like they had no issues with any of the challenges or kind of things like that it's just they couldn't navigate which is obviously the biggest thing about the amazing race but I'm really hopeful that we get more from them because they're actually two really great people so I'm I'm nervous but I'm hopeful and Corinne and Eliza, I mean, the, the polar opposite of Janelle and Brittany, where they perfectly fit together as a team. Like, Janelle and Brittany, you don't get those two as a team. Corinne and Eliza, you, you tell that to anybody, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I, I can see them as a team. And it's an epic team. And even though they were pathetic this week, they're one of the few ones where I feel like we really got what I expected and we really got something entertaining out of them. Um, I... For the sake of loving them as characters and how intense and, uh, I guess, nasty they can both get at times, I'm a little disappointed that they ended this leg as humbled as they were. I'm worried that they may, you know, be uh, a little bit too mellow. <laughs> I think we're definitely hoping for some of the fireworks that we get from both of them that we've gotten on Survivor. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not really surprised they did as poorly as they did. Uh, more surprised that they were humbled by it. Uh, just an interesting story to explain what nobody listening to this, but Jared and Rossi uh, might be wondering about my profile pic. Uh, as we're watching this, uh, Jamie sees Corinne and Eliza introduced, and uh, as they're showing an interview with Corinne or whatever, she's like, oh, you love that one. And I'm like, what? Really? Like, And I, I have no problem with Corinne. I mean, Gabon is one of my favorite seasons, uh, but... I wouldn't have ranked her near my top. I thought she was entertaining or whatever, but not like a huge fan. She goes, yeah, seriously. And I'm like, are you sure? I don't remember ever being a big fan of hers. And she was like, yeah, the one from Australian Outback. I'm like, no, no, that's Jerry, different person. Uh, So in honor of that, I have made Jerry my profile pic for this episode on Skype. Uh, And uh, as great as I think Corinne and Eliza are and sound uh, like they would be as a team, Jerry and Eliza would be the ultimate team. So I'm just putting that out there. If you ever do this again, give us Jerry and Eliza. But uh, uh, Jared, uh, Corinne and Eliza. And would you rather see Jerry and Eliza? 
I would rather see Jerry and Colby. Yes, um, oh, if, if I'm being honest, as as one of my dream teams from Survivor, who they should have cast. Mm-hmm. Um, Karina and Eliza, they just delivered. Like you knew that they were going to fill this niche, and and, and they were just going to be typecast as this villain team. Um, and I'm like, I'm fine with them being like a one note team. That this is kind of their, their go to. Um, how they've been portrayed by the show. Yeah, I love how just five minutes in straight away they're bagging out like every single team in sight. Um, I feel like we didn't get enough um, Corinne Rupert interactions of her, him, her just saying how pathetic he is and how much yeah. you can't stand him because I think to her he's going to come across as similar to Philip, uh, which we talked a bit about in the preview. Uh, we did get the one moment where they're at the eating challenge together, but then they were just talking about, oh, we're, like we're doing such a bad job of like representing the franchise. I'm like, yeah, no doubt, the Survivor <laughs> teams are terrible. Um, like if we're seeing one franchise that goes out first, like odds on after this episode that it's like I feel like there's no hope that like Survivor is gonna like last long at all. Um no, I just think they're amazing. I loved Phil's moment at the mat where he like tricks them out, like making them think that they're last. Yeah. Um I think Phil in the bits that Phil was in, Phil delivered this episode, but I mean he always does. And I'm glad that we're that I feel like more and more we see personality like Phil in these later seasons, um, which I love. Uh needed a little bit more Phil in the scene in my life. Um, so hoping that that becomes a thing again moving forward. Um, but yeah, no, they delivered. Um, I just love how snarky they are and the fact they've teared all these other teams to shreds in one episode and yet yeah, they've done so terrible and now they're kind of having to eat humble pie. But I do agree with you. I do hope that that doesn't stop them from um, bagging out on the other teams at any uh, chance they get because that's just what they're here for. Rossi? Hopefully they're not eating the humble, humble blueberry pie we saw on Amazing Race Canada. Canada, yeah. That would be rough. Um, yeah, they're, we said this on the preview, but they are the perfect team. Like, two people that you didn't, like, think to pick together, they are, they're perfect. We're, I'm so happy to have them here. And the first thing that they say is exactly what we expect from them, saying, oh, this person's dumb, they're idiots, this is stupid just what we want like the counteract people like tyler who's like ah this is great and becca and floyd oh my god so much fun and like then them and they're like they're annoying perfect team yeah kind of upset that they like bombed so badly this episode because like i think they're a strong team like i think that they're like both capable of doing all the challenges and stuff it's just i don't know what happened and I was a little upset when they were having that scene with Rupert at the shoe shop, but like, I kind of wished that there was more like, we're doing so bad. Oh, I can't believe we're stuck with Rupert. Like, <laughs> they could have explored that more. I would have loved to see that. Uh, but I will say that I think that they will get fiery when it's like push comes to shove, like in the intense moments. Like, I think that they're humbled now, but like when it gets time to like actually do a challenge or have to compete against like face head to head or some sort of like U-turn situation, they will get claws out, go against. They'll, I think they'll deliver when we want them to. And Rupert and Laura, um, Ru- was okay. There was that a groan. Yes. Okay. Um, I- I'm going to say this about Rupert. R- Rupert Pearl Islands. I'll still stand by. Great character. Whether that was just you know the the way that the show was edited or not, or I don't know, but. Love Rupert on Pearl Islands. All-Stars, Rupert was pretty okay. Uh, Heroes vs. Villains, um, 
what was the other blood versus water or whatever could not care less i i liked rupert more in this episode than i thought i would maybe it's because it's reminding me of when that moment when you realize rupert is not who you thought he was in pearl islands but he's actually more of the joke uh (laughs) that all the other contestants saw him as and i'm embracing that joke of rupert um he's not as big of a character as he was uh, I will say this. He he looks like he's gotten in much better shape. Uh, so uh, who was it that made the comment about Rupert being too fat or something like that? Does anybody remember? You have to guess. Like, come on. No, I know I know it's one of two people. I just don't know it's Corinna or Eliza. <laughs> oh, I don't know beyond that. Yeah, but, like, as soon as that comment came up, Jamie's like, what are they talking about? Like, Rupert looks, like, really skinny compared to what we've seen him before, and he looks stronger than he was before. So... Good job. He Rupert. was shoving his face at the time, though, which which I loved. Yeah, well, he starved himself on at least three seasons, and uh, yeah, and, and plus, I, I did love that moment too with Rupert. Where, again, what I'm talking about uh, realizing that all those contestants who were like Rupert's not as nice or cool as you know the show made him out to be, and then you sort of realize, yeah, I can see why Rupert was made fun of a lot. Like, with, with, can I have more mayonnaise, Laurel? <laughs> it's just great. Uh, I may become a Rupert fan again. Sorry, Rossi. Uh, but yeah, they did not do any favors for Survivor either on here. Uh, although they're already more successful than they were on Blood vs. Water, so good job. Um, Jared, are you a fan of Rupert and Laura? You didn't groan when I said that. I didn't. I did have that reaction when I initially saw the cast and was like, oh, really? Like, again? Um, but I think talking through it on the preview episode, I kind of came around to the idea. I thought there was some interesting things that this could go. And I think the, um, potential for, um, Korean Rupert banter, um, was the reason I was like, yes, okay, this is actually a good decision. And now I'm kind of just leaning into like them. Rupert is just being ridiculous and being on every single reality TV show under the planet. And I kind of want him to be on more shows at this point. Um, not repeat appearances on the same franchise. Like, I'm done with him on Survivor, and after this, I will be done with him and Laura yeah. on The Amazing Race. Um, but just pop Rupert in and, like, the Big Brother house. Like, just, <laughs> I just want him to be, like, on every, like, just like a complete seller who's on every single, like, reality show that ever calls up to ask him to yeah. be on it. Um, and I just love, like, how pathetic they were. Him not asking for directions, them just being, like, <laughs> wandering around, like, what are we doing? Like, are you going to ask anybody? where, like, this place is, like, just wandering around, like, a foreign city trying to find a place, and they're like, oh, we can't find it. What do we do? I don't, like, oh, we'll just keep walking. And then how Chris and Brett lose them, like, um, don't even bother following them because they have no idea where they're going. Like, why would you even? Um, They're just amazing. I love that um, Laura was, like, to Rupert, she's like, you're a badass when he's in that, like, just after he's completed that challenge in the unitard and looks so, like, ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, And then she's like, oh, he's so manly and this, that, whatever else. (laughs) Um, they're just so funny I just love how Laura just like it's sad but how she just doesn't get a say in anything and she's actually kind of right some of the time um, How she's such a side character it's so weird seeing a team that's so one person and yeah. there's only one reason they were asked to be on like I don't know why they didn't just pair like Rupert with like somebody else like surely they, yeah just pair him <laughs> with somebody else from Survivor uh, like Rupert and Corinne should have really been a team now that I'm thinking oh, about it. Rupert and uh, Jerry. Yes, Rupert and Jerry <laughs> would have been amazing. Um, no, I'm here for it. I hope that they stick around kind of forever. I want them to be that team that finishes like second last every single episode and somehow still around and just wandering around for hours getting lost. 
Like, imagine when they have to self-navigate. Like, do you see that? Like, they've done that once without being in a car. When they have to actually hop in a car and drive, like, I'm seeing them driving, like, 10 hours out of the way into a different... Oops, we've crossed the border. If they ever get to Europe, oops, we've crossed the border into a completely different country. Like, what are we doing? Um, Yeah, I can't uh, talk enough about how great they're going to be on this season at just being pathetic. Um, So I'm just Your favourite kind of teams... Yeah, exactly. I just want, and even like Rupert, like running, I'm getting flashbacks of like hunchback running. Um, <laughs> he still has kind of like that, like, I just assume he still has that mangled toe from Survivor and he's just kind of like limping around while he's trying to run. Everybody else is so like sleek and like getting places and he's just hobbling, like trying to do his best. Um, yeah, I just, I'm so here for it. They're amazing. Um, please like last all the way to the finale. Uh, how many episodes do you think we go before we hear like something like, I've built a log cabin on a beach, Laura. I don't need no GPS. Like, <laughs> we're going to get more of this. I really hope we do. Rossi, <laughs> please tell me that we've uh, sold you a little bit on the potential of hilarity that, from watching Rupert. I'm just going to rehash everything I'm thinking, uh, starting back from our preview episode. Going in, ugh, Rupert. Jared talked me over it and was like, think about Car- uh, Rupert and Eli- uh, Corinne interacting, Car- Corinne and, or Eliza and Rupert interacting, mm-hmm. of how stupid they're going to be, how like he's going to be like, Laura, I did this, and all that kind of stuff. And then I was ready for him. And then we got into this episode, and I was like, oh my god, it's Rupert again. <laughs> but but uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I've reached the point where I'm embracing you know the patheticness of watching Rupert. Like it's 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 fun again. I don't. I wanted more. That's like kind of why I'm upset. Like I felt like we didn't get Rupert character. We didn't get the uh, pirating. Rupert. You didn't. You didn't think there was enough of that on like one second into the show when they introduced and we have teams from Survivor. He's like, oh, our survivors are so good. We're gonna be amazing at this way. <laughs> we live on an island and we're starved and we're prepared for everything. Um, you didn't think that was like amazing from the get-go like, like Rupert hamming it up one second into it I'm mm-hmm. ready to rewatch this because like I felt like I was on a different show <laughs> we'll be back know. for I... recapping episode one for the second time next week I don't know like Phil's not even asking him and you just hear in the background survivors just from Rupert like a hundred times over <laughs> I want to see him bursting through like uh, like he did on the Israeli Survivor for his introduction on every reality show now. Can that, can we just have that as his opening clip for Amazing Race? Sure. <laughs> Rossi, I, I can't wait for halfway through the season when you finally get Rupert. Uh, Art and JJ, I don't think I really have much else to add on there. Except for, yeah, it was, it was season 20 they were on, not 23. Uh, Leo and Jamal was 23. Which is funny because when I looked at these teams, I thought of Leo and Jamal as the more experienced older team and i thought art and jj were a more recent one but again maybe that just shows how little of an impact art and jj made on me um and season 20 i like season 20 overall but yeah i just apparently i don't remember as much about art and jj as i thought uh i'm just really upset that in the premiere episode and we've waited a year for this everybody knew this was coming and the show has had a year to try to edit some suspense out of this. And I understand it, it's got to suck when, especially when your experienced teams just gives up in the middle of the last challenge. And it, they couldn't even, they could have edited this in a way to make it more of a joke. 
And I'm sure that the leg cramp hurt or whatever. I mean, the, the, it looked like the doctors were treating for dehydration or whatever. But medic, medic, I've got a Charlie horse. Like, there's something you could do. Give it a little bit of fun music playing. Make it more of a joke to the audience so that it doesn't just feel as annoying that the episode we've waited a year for ends on a leg cramp and a four-hour penalty. It's just, it's so disappointing. Jared, anything else you want to add on Art and JJ? I mean, they were just bad at everything. Like, the one thing that the Amazing Race team should have been good at is, like, the navigation aspect of it and having experienced the race before, knowing, like, straightaway ask people, ask people constantly, like, constant get directions at every, like, chance you get. And they were terrible at finding uh, that, like, security shot with their first clue. Um, they were just terrible at digging in the sand. They weren't particularly good at eating shoes. Um <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I've never those words. I don't think I've ever been. They were very good at eating shoes. <laughs> I'm like I'm glad that they've kind of gone out because of the Amazing Race team. I was least excited to see them back, and like it's such a shame to lose these fan favorites early. Um, fan favorites. I just feel so bad for like JJ to have such like a terrible partner in art, and how like yeah. they're like we're fitter than before, and how they show flashbacks to art screwing up and making them lose their season. <laughs> Uh, and then doing it again. Um, so I, I mean, I feel sorry for JJ and his partnership. But overall, like, I'm fine with them going home. I feel like we weren't really gonna see that much of them anyway. The fact that their rivalry with Rachel wasn't brought up at all um, was a, a bit of a letdown. But no, it's fine that they're out. And I think if we were gonna lose a team, if it wasn't gonna be one of the Big Brother teams, then this was kind of our best case scenario on what team to lose early. Rossi, anything you want to add on Art and JJ, or are we done with them? So glad they're gone first. That like <laughs> I had to rank who I'm like most excited to least excited to see. They were at the bottom. All right. Even over the teams, I don't know. Like, Nicole and Victor? <laughs> yeah, like I'd rather have them than Art and JJ. Like, oh, that's too harsh. Is it? Yeah, well, I mean, after this episode, maybe not. But <laughs> leading in, uh, maybe harsh. Uh, I don't care. Uh... I don't. I was so glad they're gone. Uh, so, well, continue. I was just going to say, where were your guys' predictions for Art and JJ? I was going to do that right now. Go, go for it. So I predicted Art and JJ would come in seventh, which is four off. Colin, you said they'd come in tenth. Yes. So you were one off. <gasps> Kristen said they would come in ninth, so she was two off. Oh, I'm winning so far. And Jared said uh, ninth. Oh, I win. <laughs> so you win. I would I'd like to say you cheated, but I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't cheat. Um because uh I don't really remember Art and JJ that well. Uh yeah, there you go. Um and for the record, what was everybody's last place pick? So in last place I said Chris and Brett. <laughs> you said Corinne and Eliza. Mm-hmm. Kristen said Rupert and Laura. <laughs> And Jared said Rachel and Alyssa. So wait, so we're all talking about how, man, we're so shocked the Survivors did so bad. Three out of four of us predicted Survivors to go first. <laughs> um, oh, there you go, Jared. You're the only one who had faith, faith in uh, the uh, the Survivors here. But no, after uh, this episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all took a hit here. Uh, I just want to be reminded because I wasn't on last week. Uh, what's everybody's winner pick? Uh, so I said that Tyler and Corey would win. 
You said Becca and Floyd would win. Kristen said Rachel and Alyssa would win. Ugh. And Jared said Colin and Christy would win. So three out of four of us have picked an amazing race team, which you look at the results. I mean, the top three places were all amazing race contestants. So, uh, and four out of the top five were amazing race. Uh, Art and JJ just screwed the rest of that up. Yeah, so I mean, we're going to check in, obviously, at the midway point, but we do have to rate this episode at least. And uh, along with rating this episode, uh, there we go. That's not going to be edited out. Uh, <laughs> uh, this season's left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> you need more rating. mayonnaise. <laughs> Bring me more mayonnaise, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, take lazy editing and turn it into something that sounds planned. Good job, Rossi. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, along with what you want to rate this episode, uh, what's your faith in this season after the first episode? Uh, so, uh, Jared, do you want to go first? Yeah, I would um, rent this episode. Um, I feel like I had enough in it that was worth watching again, um, but it wasn't like an amazing premiere. I think kind of the concept more than anything um, carried it through. Uh, and I just think this season is just going to be uh, like a mess from the teams that weren't on the Amazing Race. Um, I thought it would kind of be more competitive, and that's I think it's competitive, but like the skill level of some people I thought was a lot higher than it's going to be. Um, but I think that'll be fine. I think it's going to be a fun season. I just feel like the Amazing Race teams are going to dominate throughout. Um, mm-hmm. But of the teams uh, left, I don't hate any of those Amazing Race teams, so I'm okay with them kind of um, leading the pack. Rossi? I am definitely excited for the rest of the season. Like, maybe I'm going to get on board with Rupert and Laura. We'll see. Um, I Yeah, like Jared said, a lot of the teams that, you know, we thought would be this way weren't really this way and stuff like that uh, so we'll see how it goes in terms of how they finish uh, I am now looking at the Wikipedia for this season and it does note that there would looks like there's going to be a U-turn next episode so that could be interesting actually it's a double U-turn Ooh. so that could be interesting to see how it falls down like kind of who gets there and what decides you know happens and stuff so mm-hmm. that could be interesting um, in terms of this episode I was going to bin it but I felt like uh, the mayonnaise saved it so I'm going to rent it <laughs> see you're being sold on Rupert by the end of the podcast I'm going to need to rewatch it after this like maybe I- um, you know I, I completely agree with both of you uh, and I'm going to rent it as well but I also was thinking about binning it because I think if you compare this to if, – if we didn't know any of these characters, if this was a brand new cast, this would be a binworthy episode because there really was nothing to it. And as a premiere, stacking this up against almost any other Amazing Race premiere, it just felt lazy. The producers definitely were taking advantage of the fact they knew people would just want to see these characters and wouldn't care about anything else. And <clears throat> I think that's fine um, you know, because it worked on me. I am – barely sold on this as an episode and yet i'm just as excited for next week's episode as if i actually really enjoyed this which i didn't enjoy it as much as i thought so yeah i i'm <coughs> <coughs> ah, i'm dying is what i'm doing um <laughs> i'm 
going to rent the episode barely, but I am so excited at the prospect of what we're going to get from all these characters interacting. And just being in a season where we know the people, but we don't have that stigma of, well, like all-star seasons always end up sucking on The Amazing Race because, you know, uh, it's never consistent and they never bring the right teams back. I mean, we have fun teams here. So optimistic about the season. uh, Sold just enough on the episode. The mayonnaise did it for me too. Uh, And when are we going to be back? Mid-season? How many weeks are we... Till we reach mid-season? Uh, four. Four? Is that it? I don't know. How many know. episodes are there this year? How do I know? I don't know. You were guessing there? Okay, yeah. well, let, if it's four, then we're in trouble. Because well, that's, that's the week that uh, mine and Jamie's twins come. But um, if it's six, the... You're, no, you're podcasting through that's the... That's right, yeah. Jamie, what did you Never, think about no Rupert? <laughs> Which more mayonnaise? Yeah, more mayonnaise. <laughs> Jamie would ask for mayonnaise in childbirth. Just complete side story here. Uh, before we had Casper, every single mother who had given birth before said, "The last thing on your mind because you can't eat before you do it or anything, right? The last thing on your mind is going to be food." And at one point, they said to Jamie in the middle of not labor, but well, I guess labor, you know, through contraction and stuff like that. I know that you're probably not even thinking about this. But would you like some Jello or some broth? And she's like, "Can I have both?" <laughs> then the very second that after Casper was born, or within you know thirty minutes or whatever, when they cleaned him up, like, okay, uh, you're probably very tired right now, and you got a lot, you know, that's gone on. But whenever you're hungry, let us know. And she's like, "I'm ready now. <laughs> Bring us some food." Uh, so yeah, Jamie would be the Rupert of <laughs> our family on the Amazing Race. One day we'll see that. Uh, and then one day we'll see, see our twins on the Amazing Race Canada. I'm sure that's going to happen. But yeah, we'll be back as long as it's not four weeks from now. And if it is, I'm sure Rossi and Jared will find a way to podcast without me. Uh, but then we'll check in again at the end of the season. Typical coverage, at least three episodes. Beginning, middle, end, and we'll cover a lot of this Amazing Race. But we'll still be watching it each week. So uh, if you want to hear our opinions, throw in a random rewatch suggestion because we're doing those as well. And uh, what's coming up this week, Rossi? It was your suggestion. You're going to get the name of the show right. I'm going to get it wrong. What's coming up? Uh, Rupert and Laura <laughs> on Survivor. Hey, random movie. Maybe we'll get to Mountain Mafia starring Rupert Bonham. That's going to be great. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, yes. If Rupert and Laura win this season, we are going to do a commentary on Mountain Mafia. I'm promising that right now. Uh, I'm sure we'll cover it regardless, but if they win, we have to do that. That's our gift to Rupert and Laura. Uh, but we we have Enter the Badlands, or is it Into the Badlands? Into, Into the Badlands, Season 2, Episode 4, uh, this Monday or Tuesday, early next week, whatever day we drop those episodes on, random rewatch, and another random one after that, and another random one after that. And, uh, yeah, if you want to hear... The cycle never yeah, ends. It, it probably won't. But if you want to hear us just talk another episode of The Amazing Race, feel free to suggest a random episode for us. Old season, mid-season, Colin and Christy season, um, Art and JJ's epic season, or episode three or two or whatever you want to hear. Suggest it, maybe we'll get to it. Can we get, can we get that fan that asked you <laughs> questions to... Can we get... Yeah, <laughs> if... It, yeah, can we send a shout out to him right now and see if Yes, if uh, Chris Dixon, who was uh, 
messaging me about Amazing Race and uh, giving me some of his opinions and favorite teams. If you want to hear us talk about anything Amazing Race, give us a random rewatch suggestion. Rossi and I will get to it within a couple of weeks. Uh, but until then... With Jared. Uh, Jared will, too. You, you, you don't mind joining us for random rewatches. Jared, do you watch Enter the, Enter the Badlands? I do not. I have never heard okay. of it. I watched it for the first time, and it's actually quite interesting, but very confusing. Uh, and it's it's on my list of things to watch once the twins are born, and I have uh, no opportunity to sleep. Uh, so feel free to uh, suggest Enter the Badlands, or Into the Badlands, or whichever one. <laughs> we'll be back mid-season. We've got other episodes coming up. <coughs> um, anything else we want to add? No, not really. I don't know if you guys have quotes or not. I don't. I'm just going to give a quote, and feel free to copy mine as we go around. My name is Colin, and more mayonnaise. My name is Jared, and survivor, survivor, survivor. <laughs> Damn it, I have to think of one. Um, and my name is Rossi, and no more than that lit park is where we have to go. We have to stay in the dark. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.